It's nearing midnight and you're settling down to sleep after a restful weekend. Your family lay peacefully in their beds and you look forward to the week ahead. As you drift off to sleep, unbeknownst to you, a silent killer breaches the safety of your home. Before the coming morning, thousands around you will have succumbed to the devastating and fatal effects of the dense, toxic gas that has invaded your community. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome to the Calamity Janes podcast, where two anything but plain Janes talk about disasters, calamities, if you will. I'm Bailey. I'm Madison. And we are your hosts. Madison, quite the intriguing intro. My guess was Radon, and you rudely shot me down um, when I guessed that. I have that. to put so you into please. your place. Enlighten us. What, what is this week's disaster? We are talking about the Bhopal gas tragedy. <gasps> okay. Well, when you put it like that, okay, yes, I have heard of this. Yes. Well, you're the one that put it in the master file, so. Oh, well, you took me by surprise. That was a masterfully crafted intro, and Thank I did When I think about this disaster, that is, n- I think about it um, like mechanics first, like why, like the order of operations of the day and not what you described it, which is kind of like the this thing happened, you know. Human part of it? Um, no. That's... You know the victims and the the important part. No, that's a very much a big part of it. What am I trying to say? The talking about it from a storytelling perspective, I suppose. Oh, well, from a, from a, a want... first person sort of everyone lays calmly and quietly, like like a nursery rhyme that goes horribly wrong. Well, I try to I try to mix up these intros occasionally. I like to sometimes I want to be fun, introduce an interesting topic. Other times I want to put you into the situation, make you understand what it was like. So buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Mission accomplished. Please tell us what happened. And please, please tell us why it won't happen again. Uh, I would really love to be able to tell you that. But let's go. Oh, God. Late on December 2nd, 1984, tank E610 at the Bhopal Union Carbide India Limited pesticide plant became compromised when water entered a side pipe into the tank, which contained 42 tons of methyl isocyanate, or MIC, as we'll refer to it, which basically was just an intermediate for the pesticide that was being produced there. So we're not going, I mean, there's lots of science behind MIC. We're not going to get into it. It's just not important right now. Copy that. This will come as a surprise to exactly no one who is listening to a podcast about disasters, but this is not the first time this tank has had a bad day. A few months... Uh, I know. Never is. It never is. Oh, no. We can always... When will we learn? Exactly. A few months earlier, in October of that year, tank E610 lost the ability to effectively hold its nitrogen gas pressure, measuring... Or, I'm sorry, meaning MIC couldn't be pumped out and impurities or moisture could enter the tank. Without getting too into the weeds about some science that I have no business pretending I know anything about, Mm -hmm. the tanks at the plant are filled to approximately 50% with liquid MIC and then they're pressurized with inert nitrogen gas. Okay. So that, I'm going to answer your question before you get to it. Thank you. The nitrogen gas makes it so MIC can be pumped out when you want it to, and it keeps water and other things out of the tank. Mind reader, how did you know? Because I had no clue what I was saying. <laughs> the same question. <laughs> yes. 
Why do we need the nitrogen in there? Interesting. Yes. Uh, so in sum, the nitrogen gas is very important. So the fact that the tank wasn't effectively containing it anymore was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Attempts to reestablish pressure in the tank on December 1st were unsuccessful, so there it sat, dangerous and stubborn. Also worth noting, tank E610 held about 12 tons more liquid MIC than it was meant to. 12 tons? Yes, that is not an insignificant amount. 24,000 pounds. Yeah, the these tanks were meant to hold about 30 tons of liquid, and this one was holding 42. Holy smokes. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Due to poor management. I cover this a little bit later, but I think it's worth mentioning here that this tank, or I'm sorry, this plant um, was owned by an American corporation. So what comes after should not surprise anyone. Uh, Due to poor management and what I can only assume was greedy corporate behavior, this plant was in a severe state of disarray. Poor maintenance, like just things. Uh, Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Cutting corners, safety, well, monetarily and thus safety. Mm -hmm. Right after tank E610's failure in October, the plant was shut down for maintenance, including the plant's flare tower. Um, And I'll get to what that means in a second. Additionally, several vent gas scrubbers were out of service, as well as the steam boiler, all of which were essentially used to clean and maintain the valves, lines, and pipes that controlled the release of MIC from the tanks. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of information. It's going to make a little bit more sense in a second. Okay. What I want you to take away from that is nothing was working correctly. Gotcha. Yeah. No, not... Like, things weren't working normally, and then, like, the safety mechanisms also? Yes, those are all, yeah, safety mechanisms that are meant to prevent leaks from happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... So, you're like, it's fine. It's it's not fine, but it's okay if your stuff doesn't work totally fine because we have safety measures, you know, fail-safes. Um, but the fail-safes were broken is what I'm yes, hearing. Yes, that is okay. exactly right. Yeah, and despite everything being awful, the plant was still operating as usual. Like full capacity, full... Yep, everything was going. Cool. Cool. Yep. Now, back to the fateful evening of December 2nd. Because of the tank's inability to maintain nitrogen pressure and the general poor conditions of the pipes leading to the tanks, when water was introduced into tank E610... Uh, because, again, everything, the mechanisms around the tank were not working properly. Mm-hmm. So water and other impurities were able to get in. Uh, a runaway exothermic reaction accelerated by impurities, high ambient temperature, and corroded steel pipelines took place. And exothermic is where it releases heat, right? Yes. Okay. That is correct. Workers at the... Uh, very good, by the way. You've been out of the, the science game for quite a while, and that was very sure good. Sure have. <laughs> sure have. Exo, outer, endo, maybe inner, if I had to guess. Absorbs. I would say that's correct. Way yeah. to go, Bailey. Thank you so much. Gold star for me. <laughs> NASA and the University of Minnesota are very proud of you Very right proud. <laughs> very proud to call me an alumni. Uh, okay. Workers at the facility noticed pressure readings from tank E610 were higher than usual, but assumed the reading was a result of an instrumental malfunction. Because, again, they were very used to seeing all of their readings malfunctioning. They... Oh, my God. Yeah. They kind of... It just gets so much worse. Uh, About an hour later, workers were feeling minor symptoms consistent with exposure to MIC gas. 
a leak was found and reported to the supervisor on duty, who decided to address the issue of an uncontrolled toxic gas leak after a 12.15 a.m. tea break. Okay, at some point, culture comes, like, corporate culture, your, your daily schedule comes after safety. So once their tea party ended at 12.40 a.m., the reaction in tank E610 was no bueno. It was bad. It was very, very bad. What are the symptoms? Did, do you know? Of the, of We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I imagine at that point, headaches, um, coughing, mm-hmm. blurred vision, things like that. Things mm-hmm. that would make you, when they're all hitting at the same time, would make you realize that something was bad. Now, here's a thought I just had. Um, if they think this is such a non-urgent matter that they can have a tea break, it makes me wonder if this has happened before and they literally, its it happens so often that they're like, oh, we know we have some time. Let's just, that we have some time. That is very correct. There had been. Oh, no. Yeah. There had been other leaks before. Um, internal leaks. Also worth mentioning, leaks within the plant. So... They, in a sense, were contained. Um, I don't really get into the weeds about... As much as gas can be. Well, yeah. We'll we'll talk about why this leak was so bad compared to other minor leaks that might have happened before. Okay. One employee reported a concrete... Okay. So after their tea party, they uh, went and started looking for exactly what the problem was, how bad it was, where exactly it was coming from. So when they stumbled upon tank E610, one employee reported a concrete slab above the tank cracking as the emergency relief valve burst open as pressure in the tank reached critical levels. That none of that none of those words in that order sounded good. Yeah, cracking, uh bursting, bursting, critical. Critical is Mm-mm. always a bad word to hear. Literally always bad. Never, never good to hear. Never good. Okay, now back to the point that you made. You may be asking yourself, don't facilities like this have safety measures to prevent catastrophic leaks? Well, yes, Bailey, they do. Except all of the safety measures used by this facility were kaput. Classic. Classic. This never should have happened disaster story. Okay. Mm -hmm. First, the cooling system meant to keep the temperature of the tanks consistently low was shut down two years prior. Two years. Two years. So as a result, the high temperature alarms had long since been disconnected. Okay. Yeah. Surely they have a backup. Second, the flare tower that I mentioned earlier used to burn MIC gas should it vent into the atmosphere was shut down for maintenance and not even properly installed in the first place. Stop it. Nope. It's all horrible. Uh, Lastly, the vent gas scrubber had been deactivated and was also not properly installed. That's, we're three for three right now. Yeah. Those are the three fail-safes. That's it. Those are them. And none of them were working. Uh, Okay. Do you want to talk about how that makes you feel? Are you okay? Um, No. It's it's sad. It makes me angry. Basically, all the emotions from that one Disney show, Pixar show. What is it? Inside Out? Yeah. Except for happy or like... Joy. Yeah, not joy. Was there an anxious? Makes me feel anxious and sad and angry. (laughs) Those are the ones. Uh, Yes, I I get that. God, that was such a good movie. It was. Beautiful movie. Okay. Um, Within an hour of the start of the leak, 30 tons of MIC had vented into the atmosphere. 30. Um, is there, do we have some sort of like um, benchmark against 
that we can compare that against? Well, or is it supposed to be zero? It is supposed to be zero. Uh, okay. Yeah, because this is uncontrolled venting into the atmosphere. This is not okay. gas being delivered through pipelines on demand. I see. I didn't know if because they had that burn off, um, you know, like you'll see at refineries where they have the natural gas yeah. burn, like that's a normal burn off. No, I mean, that there there might be X, X amount of MIC venting uh, mm-hmm. into the flare tower. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, the, the, that's not, this is not good. Different. different. Yeah. Okay. So that was it's all bad. All bad. Yes. That was within an hour of the leak starting within the next two hours that increased to 40 tons. So oh all but two tons of MIC vented from tank E610. Okay. Is this a heavy gas is this a light gas like where yes does this go? we're going to talk about that it is a okay. it's about twice as dense as air is so it's sinking oh it's very heavy okay okay so this is it's not, when it when it leaks it's not like it goes up into the air up into the no atmosphere it crawls yeah it just okay. lays on the ground just like an insidious little oh there's a movie with some sort of sludge that is it fern gully yes maybe that's what i'm thinking of i'm envisioning yeah do you remember fern gully? i do yeah. i do remember fern gully the original avatar i just never i sometimes the generational gap between the two of us really shows and it's in what the content we can are you kidding me i'm a thousand years old i'm basically older than At you <laughs> but loving knitting doesn't mean you understand the shows like i miss the high school musical cutoff I missed the Teletubbies cut off. You were big into Teletubbies. I... Not at the same time as High School Musical. Obviously, <laughs> you know. uh, I thought I was more of a Barney gal myself. I loved Barney. I don't remember anything of the Teletubbies. I remember way more about Barney. I remember the, uh, who was the big bear who sang that good night song to the moon on his balcony? Oh, Bear in the B- Big Blue House. Oh, I loved that. I also didn't watch that. I only know that because you watched it. <laughs> that was... I was like Doug and Rugrats. Well, ever- Rocco's Modern Life, was, which mom wouldn't really let me watch, but I watched anyway. Um, do you remember how horrifically scary Courage the Cowardly Dog was? Also, that was a yes, I do, because I remember I was old enough, older than you enough at the time to think, why would they let kids watch this? <laughs> I'm creeped out by this. Yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. That show should have never been made. What was the point of it? To scar children? I don't know. I don't know. Now, in hindsight, now that I love all things creepy, I probably enjoy watching it. But yeah, as a kid. Probably. I do remember watching it at our grandparents' house and then crying when I had to go to bed because it scared (laughs) the poop out of me. (laughs) See, that was me. And I don't think you ever watched this. Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, No, but I no, I never watched it. No, I couldn't even read Goosebumps. I'd get too scared. Scared the pee diddle right out of me, but boy, did I love it. Oh, man. That's basically your entire life. Truly, truly. Except I don't go sleep in mom and dad's bedroom when I get scared. Because I can't these days. But uh, th- I'm sure they didn't appreciate that about me loving Are You Afraid of the Dark? Didn't you sleep on Colleen's floor after you saw okay. Paranormal Activity in college? Okay. I don't think we need to bring that up. I don't know what's scarier. But the movie, yes, which was... I may have been in college when I freaked myself out at night. I was under a lot of stress. I was very anxious. And I might have gotten so scared that I slept in between my two roommates in the other room. On the floor I because I was just a little nervous, and they woke up puzzled but very accepting, and they were like, "It's fine, it's okay, that's it's we're all fine." And I was like, "Thank you, goodbye. We won't speak of this again." 
Oh my god! I don't know what's scary. Until my sister decided to broadcast it on our to podcast. our millions of viewers, our one tens of followers. Uh, hey, they're numerous. They're out there. They're very supportive. Some of them are from Wales. Wales again. <laughs> yeah, where's the apology, Bailey? Well, Madison had this idea where I apologize in Welsh. Welsh. And I think that would be more offensive. Honestly, when I looked up what I'm sorry was, I decided it would be more offensive for me to butcher such a beautiful language because I can't. I can't. That's a a very good point. Uh, But, you know, guys, we're feeling the love. Despite Bailey's blatant disregard for our listeners, we've received two fan emails and we cherish them. We so appreciate them, guys. <laughs> Fan emails um, suggesting disasters that we really appreciate and honestly are like, why didn't we think of these? They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Keep it coming, guys. We love mm-hmm. them. Okay. Anyways, that was quite the tangent. Let's get back to quite it. the diversion. Uh, okay. So uh, finally, an employee set off the plant's alarm at 12.50 a.m. when the concentration of MIC in the air around the plant became intolerable. But don't get too excited, though, because I've got another bummer for you. Question. Was this a manual alarm? Like someone had to, because the sensors were broken, yes. someone had to throw this alarm. Yes. They decide. Okay. So the the alarm that someone, I don't know exactly what it looks like, if it's a lever, if it's a button. or I'm envisioning a fire alarm. Sure. Like they literally pull it like a big lever. Sure. But like maybe bigger. Let's call it that. A gigantic red lever, like a cartoonish, yep. giant, mm-hmm. human-sized red lever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Wiley e. Coyote yes. has one, yeah. Um, okay, so, but when someone pulls the lever or whatever, uh, that alarm actually triggers two alarms. So that system triggers two alarms. One okay. is inside the plant and obviously is meant to alert people inside the plant of what is going on. And one outside to alert the many, many members of the public that there has been a toxic leak. Wait, it goes to alert how one? Yeah, so this is a very densely populated area. So mm-hmm. one alarm is for inside the plant and another is outside the plant to let people to let the public know. Broad public. Yes. I thought you meant one person from the public to like No, I see. No, like so the town can hear. I see. And they like a tornado drill yeah, kind of Exactly. Yeah, yeah, just like a weather siren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so bad. Uh, unfortunately, the two alarms had been decoupled in 1982, so... You are... Nope. Nope. So the factory warning still sounded, while the public siren only very briefly sounded and was quickly turned off. This is outrageous. This was done because, uh, the plant was tired of alerting the public to the many, many small leaks that they often had. Um, sorry. Stop being so leaky. Like, that's a you problem. That's not a... Yeah, Uh. I have to agree with you. So all the workers were able to get out in a timely fashion. Of course, upwind. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all went upwind safely out, out of... Out of the area. Oh, I see. I see. I mixed up the two. Upwind is good. Downwind is bad. Yeah, upwind is good. Downwind is bad. Um, despite the local police's efforts to figure out what was going on at the plant, no one at the plant was giving them anything resembling useful or accurate information. Please tell me that's no longer legal. Uh, I, I actually am not sure what that situation is. I mean, I think everyone's a little bit more aware of 
things like this. It sounds like the police made efforts to figure out what was going on, but people at the plant kept saying nothing was wrong. It was an accidental alarm until finally they said, well, there was a leak, but it's fine. It's contained. And that was not true. Did they know how bad it was at the time? Yes. Were they intentionally downplaying yes. it? Oh. Yeah, which there is there is truly no excuse. No, it's just awful all the way around. And the other unintended consequence of that passing the buck mentality uh, was the city's hospital wasn't able to prepare properly for the slew of victims they were about to receive because they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know that MIC was being vented into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And um, so they... I mean, they kept asking questions. They kept saying, you know, like, what are we dealing with? And people at the plant would not give them straight answers until finally they said, MIC. And the people at the hospital were like, we don't know what that means. And no one was explaining it, so they didn't have an antidote. Okay. Um, I guess kind of surprised. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd never even thought about that, to not have your nearby medical facilities prepared mm-hmm. to For mass, handle that. mass casualty situation, especially. Yeah. At 2 a.m., the public alarm finally sounded, and a plant employee walked to the police control room and finally acknowledged that there was a leak and that it had been plugged, which was a lie. It just had... There was just nothing left in the tank, so... It was all gone. Yeah, it was essentially all gone. Okay. So, uh, like you had asked earlier, what exactly does MIC do to the human body? Why is this so horrible? The initial effects of MIC exposure include, but are not limited to, coughing, severe eye irritation, a feeling of suffocation, burning of the respiratory tract, breathlessness, stomach pain, and vomiting. Um, yeah, I, I wonder is, yeah, I mean... It's because it's so low, it probably, like, it's a higher mixture of that in the air over oxygen. So if you just feel like you can't, like, catch your breath, you can't It's breathe, like a like... blanket of toxicity. It's awful. Uh, Many nearby woke up with those symptoms and in their efforts to run from the plant, inhaled even more of the gas. Uh, okay, so this is terrible because it's twice as dense as air. It settled much closer to the ground, so many of the victims were children. It's, it makes that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wow. very, very heavy. Very dense, too. And there's just, it just blows my mind that there was that much of it, that that many people were affected. You know what I mean? Like, there was that much of it in that mm-hmm. container that even when it dispersed and leaked out across yeah. many more square feet, mm-hmm. however far it got that it still affected that many people. It was just so much. Yeah. Hospitals were immediately overrun and doctors were not aware of the proper treatment for MIC inhalation. Within days, trees in the area were barren and bloated animal carcasses scattered the streets. Oh, I didn't even consider the animals. Did, does the plant know of, like, do they have um, medical protocols? Um, Do they know how to treat this? Not that I know of. Okay, so no one did. Yeah. Which is also, that would you would never see that in a lab, in a facility, or you shouldn't yeah. anywhere today. Normally there is like an eyewash station, and then when you wash your eyes, you go see a medic. And Definitely the- not what was going on there. I mean, I'm sure they had something, but also they all kind of pieced out Girl Scout. They were like, we don't want right. to be. Right, they went up wind. Yeah, exactly. 170,000 people were treated at hospitals. 
170,000. Mm-hmm. 2,000 buffalo, goats, and other animals were recovered and buried. They all died. 2,000 animals. Um, huh. Here's a good one. Because there were exactly zero safe alternatives, the plant was reactivated on December 16th to empty the remaining MIC in tanks 611 and 619. How did they do this? By manufacturing the pesticide that MIC is an intermediate of. So there was another mass evacuation. Wait, wait, wait. So they, to empty the other tanks, they had to use making? it. They had to make the pesticide. Okay. How many square miles did this affect? That is a really or good question, what, and what I'm actually the... not sure. Okay, just when you're talking about these numbers, I'm I'm just envisioning either, I mean, I'm sure it's a densely populated city because it's, you know, manufacturing and, and things like that, but also just the sheer number, 170,000 people oh, and all those just animals. just wait. These numbers get much bigger. Um, okay. Um, so the Indian government passed the Bhopal Gas Leak Act in March of the following year in 1985, which allowed the government to act as legal representative for the victims. Because Union Carbide is an American company, initial lawsuits were started in the U.S. In April of 1985, a federal district court court judge required Union Carbide on account of basic human decency, that's a quote, to pay between $5 to $10 million to help those that were injured. Union Carbide heard this and said, sorry, go ahead. Five to 10 across everyone? In total. Okay. Union Carbide heard that and said, well, uh, agree to disagree. Let's set up a $5 million relief fund if it means we don't admit fault. And India said, get out of here with that crap. How about not? Exactly. A year later, Union Carbide pr- proposed a settlement of $350 million that would generate a fund for Bhopal victims of between 500 to $6 million over Oh, I'm sorry, 500 to 600 million dollars over 20 years. That's about that. That sounds more right to me. When you were talking about five to 10 million, I'm thinking the number of people and the animals. I mean, it must have affected just when you affect people's lives like that, their long term health Mm -hmm. and their, um, if those animals were for their livelihoods, like ranching or farming, I mean, like these, you're affecting so much that. Yep. Five to ten ain't going to cut it. Uh, so India again said no and demanded $3.3 billion U.S. dollars. Okay. Um, so after that initial offer, the move was af- – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, litigation was transferred from the U.S. to India, and that was affirmed mm-hmm. by the U.S. Court of Appeals because um, – UCIL or Union Carbide was a separate entity owned, managed, and operated exclusively by Indian citizens in India. So we have to basically relinquish a case on our end? Yes, it is moved to India. So you're operating under a different set of laws. Um, India, okay, so like I said, they refused the $350 million offer and demanded $3.3 billion, uh, cutting to the end of a lot of back and forth. An out-of-court settlement was reached in February of 1989 that required Union Carbide to pay $470 million in damages. Hmm. Better, um, but I... Better than the initial, but not... It's kind of one of those things hmm. that you really can't put a number on. Because people can't get their... There have been so many long-term health and environmental effects. Uh, In total, 520,000 people were affected by the gas leak. 
That is over half a million people. So that's the thing when you think about now when you take that number, would you say it was 400 some uh, million? Oh, the, was the settlement was 470. Yeah. Yeah, so it's less than a million a person, and I don't know what health care costs there. But like, again, it's their li- it's their health, it's their livelihood. Like mm-hmm. you said, the environment, it's like a – it falls on the city, I would assume, to, like, clean up some of mm-hmm. the effects of that. Wow. Of those 520,000, 200,000 were under 15 years old, and 3,000 were pregnant women. Oh, my God. Um. Something about MIC is that it um, causes very severe birth defects. Um, Stillbirths increased 300% right after the accident. Wow. Uh, There were – like MIC contaminated the breast milk of mothers. And so they were still seeing effects generationally after after this happened. Well, sure – yeah. See, just all these things that you don't think about how they're going to affect. Mm-hmm. The official death toll as of 1991 was 3,928, but that's definitely not accurate. That's been adjusted mm-hmm. so many times, and some people have estimated anywhere between eight to 16,000. Who – what was the initial death toll? Like, is this – because I, I understand why it keeps climbing when you have a death attributed to, like, long-term effects of this incident. What was the in- initial? I think like did anyone die the day of, or was yes. it really prolonged? Yeah, no, oh. there were definitely. Well, a lot of people just never woke up the next day. Um, some people woke up, and the rest of the people, the rest of their family members were dead. Um, mm-hmm. So there were definitely immediate fatalities. I'm not sure what the initial was. I think I remember seeing it was a little over a thousand, but I'm I can't say for certain. Yeah. The list of maladies plaguing the victims of the Bhopal gas tragedy is extensive and includes corneal scars, early cataracts, chronic bronchitis, memory impairment, numbness, PTSD, an increase in neonatal mortality, failure to thrive, and intellectual impairment, to name a few. Uh, yeah, I could see where that would be like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing to make sure this never happens again? Um, oh, hang on. I'm not done. Uh, no. The water and soil around the plant were heavily polluted by the disaster. Because the gas was so dense, it sank to the ground. Um, it was absorbed by the rivers in the area, making the water undrinkable and the fish toxic to humans. This is still an issue, although one that the Indian government seems to be working to fix. Um the Wikipedia page, which provided most of the information that I got for this, is extensive and has lots of very good information. Um, th- I could go on and on about how this has affected so many different aspects of this area of India. Um, the effects are still being felt today. It, everyone came together and they're still fighting for uh, this to be fixed, for compensation um honestly that's it i don't have a happy ending for this because i mean i tried to think of you know like everyone came together the indian citizens are fighting for but they shouldn't have to they shouldn't have to do any of that this is their home and they should it's supposed to and the safety measures should have been in place to begin with that's what's so frustrating you're like every step of the Mm -hmm. way every check you have yeah it's is the plan still running i don't think so let me check. Okay, well, 
That's a win. Yes, that is definitely a win. Um, Yeah, so I I don't have a good happy ending. I mean, that was kind of the end of my information. But uh, yeah, it's all all awful. Hang on, I'm seeing. um, Oh, Dow Chemical Company purchased Union Carbide uh, 17 years after the disaster. That, that must be why you don't hear about that tracks uh, Union Carbide all that much. Um, well, if we can't find the bright side that was done by other peoples in this disaster, let's make our own. Um, don't cut corners. <laughs> Hi, Dallas. Dallas agrees. <laughs> don't cut corners. Uh, okay, please hold. <laughs> But yes, Dallas and I agreed. Um, and it just made me think back to Dylan last week where he's like, as an engineer, you have to be aware, you know, you're doing your job like it's just with apathy. You know, like you forget the personal, the human impact your job has, whether it's building a factory and making sure the thingy that burns off the gas is working and connected properly or the alarms yep. to actually being the person who sounds the alarm when something bad goes wrong. Like Exactly. Yeah. You you are not operating in a vacuum. Your actions right. or inactions have consequences. So, um, but it does, it, the Indian government has been fighting for its citizens from what I can tell, um, or at least from what the internet is telling me. Um, and even some, uh, people in the U S some, uh, sorry, word, uh, legislators have been looking into what they can do to help. And really? yeah, so there are, people are not ignoring this. I think the people who are responsible Good. are ignoring it, but this sure. is something that has gained traction. Um, Bhopal was rated as the cleanest state capital city in India for three consecutive years in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Wow. So not all is lost. Truly. But boy, did they have to work a lot harder to get yeah, there. It's it's all terrible. So that's the Bobal gas tragedy. Sorry to be such a bummer. Um, if there's anything nice you'd like to add, related or unrelated, to bring the mood back up, I'm open to it. <laughs> um that's that is all I have seeing seeing the um what we can take away in our personal lives, mm-hmm. no matter what your job is not too small or mundane to think about how it impacts other people. Remember that, everyone. Exactly. Yes. Um, all right. That's that's all she wrote. Well, thank you, Madison. That was um awful. Very devastating. Yeah. Truly awful. Um, but we're that's we're here to hear some hard stuff and take whatever lessons we can from it. So thank you for sharing it. Fascinating as always. And thank you. Dear listener, for lending us your ears for 30, 20 minutes, however long this episode is. Thank you. It, it means so much to us that you do. And like we mentioned before, you can find our email in the show notes, wherever it is your preferred podcast venue keeps show notes. Find our email there and send us your thoughts, your your disasters that you'd like us to to do to explain more and us learn more about yes and if you have uh thoughts about how we present information you are also welcome to send that to us as well because please do but gently yes very gently for madison's sake hey the only criticism we've gotten was not about me (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't it was that i uh interrupted you too much and guess what what i'm not gonna stop okay (laughs) 
Good. <laughs> never stop. Not going to stop. I had to wait for you to say something so I could interrupt you. And you didn't I'll do a good job. never let you interrupt me. Never let you ever. <laughs> uh, no, but really, we do love hearing from you guys. And if something do. really does bother you enough to write in, then you should write in. <laughs> Yes, we do appreciate hearing your constructive constructive feedback. Yes. Uh, but yeah, everyone, thank you so much. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, download. Uh, tell a friend. Yeah, for sure. Tell your mom. Tell your dog walker. Tell your dog. Tell your dog. <laughs> Have your dog tell their friends at daycare and then their friends will tell their parents. Exactly. Tell your dog. Tell your bird is oh my god bird's so smart the bird might repeat it <gasps> teach if you can send us a video of your bird saying calamity james <laughs> then that will be we our new we will intro. give you endless praise and love we will create merch just for you um what we will include the audio in our intro yes i will absolutely update our intro to include a bird saying calamity oh my james gosh i wish i knew someone with a bird I know. Uh, it just reminds but me. But then we'd forever scar them with just the phrase Calamity James. Well, speaking of bird, do you remember when uh, our mom taught our bird to catcall her whenever she walked into a room? No. Uh, was that the murderous Yes. One? The bird mm. murdered our other sweet, innocent, beautiful bird. Poor Sammy. Molly is the murderer. Molly's a murderess. And she catcalled my mom every time she walked into the room per my mom's request. What are you going to do? Oh, she's going to love hearing that. Okay. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> True. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Thank you. Goodbye. Toodaloo.